0: Have you been trying to develop your seat in the canter and you found that the more you try, so the more effort you put into this, the further you seem to get from where you actually want to go? Well, don't worry, you're not alone. That happens so many riders in the canter. Today, we're going to talk about why and how you can actually turn it all around hi there my name is Lorna and this is the daily strides podcast the podcast for equestrians all over the world helping you to have better conversations with your horse each and every day in the saddle and I'm a firm believer that the conversation should not just be in the saddle it starts on the ground and we lead it across to the saddle but today we're talking all about in the saddle and I want to say we're firmly planted in the saddle and you see I think that could be the actual issue that a lot of riders are facing when they're trying to actually improve their development of their seat in the canter they're kind of planting themselves firmly in the saddle so I want you to consider this, okay? The more you are planting or digging or shoving or pushing or forcing or all those inwards, okay? The more you're doing that when you're cantering, you are almost. Uh, you're stopping or you're blocking your horse from actually connecting through in the canter. So instead of you having the positive influence and impact, which is, I'm assuming, what you're going for here because you want to improve yourself in the canter, you're actually doing the exact opposite. And if you can imagine your horse's back and it's lovely and it's there, and, and think about how whatever's happening in the back end, so the, the hindquarters, the engine section, has to flow, where? Where? through your horse's backs, which is, where's that? Underneath you, in order to get to the front end and actually connect up, okay? If you can imagine that the next time you're cantering, that will begin for you to see how, when you are shoving, pushing, digging, driving, all these words, okay, when you're doing that, you're actually stopping that. You're stopping the flow of energy that you actually want to improve, okay? And it's not that you can improve the energy, but you can certainly improve how the energy is being utilized or used, okay? And that is why we want to actually develop our seat in the counter. So what is the first part of this? Well, I think the first part comes down to actually understanding, following, and allowing, okay? So I am a big believer that you need to learn to follow before you can then learn to basically influence, okay, and to begin improving things. And by following, all I mean here is that you're basically allowing your horse to move you in the saddle as opposed to you shoving and trying to move your horse, okay? So can you see there's like, they're two very different things. So For many riders, they don't want to go back to this because they feel that it's something that they learned maybe very early on in their riding. And, you know, I'm past that, past that now. You know, I've moved on from there. Well, no, 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 no. I do think that it's important to be open to actually going back and particularly in the canter, okay? So what I want you to start doing is, first of all, freeing up space. In your body, okay, and putting yourself in the best possible position, so alignment, so that you can truly follow your horse. And that begins with carrying yourself in the saddle. Okay. So I really feel that canter is the big kind of deciding point for many riders. It's, it's, you can see things. You see, if you're not really that fit and you're not that strong and you're not that supple and your core really is, well, it's not where it should be. Okay. You can kind of get away with that in the walk and the trot. You know, you can kind of you can, kinda, you, you can well, fake it till you make it or whatever the case is. OK, but as soon as you go into the canter, uh-uh, you can see when a rider is not physically able to really and truly allow the canter to happen. OK, you can see, first of all, they it's it just looks it actually looks exhausting watching them. You see, there's a lot of shoulder movement going on, kind of you know, nineteen eighties dance move type things. Okay, uh, not a whole lot of seat movement going on. It's kind, of, and if it is, it's very forced and it's shoving, and it ju- it just looks it looks tiring watching them and of course the inevitable result is that the rider becomes exhausted the horse usually is buckled out at this point and said listen um but if this is how the conversation is going i'm not going to be part of this so they disengage completely from it okay and you end up with this really not great quality canter okay this versus a rider who can carry themselves so who is strong enough through their core that they can basically make space <laughs> For their basically their body, they're able to carry their if you can imagine making space between the bottom of your ribs and the top of your hips. Now I know a lot of people gonna say, ah Lorna, but that is basic. But let's just imagine it. We can all kind of we can all relate to that, okay? So we want to make space between the bottom of our ribs and the top of our hips, okay? And in doing so, by carrying through their body, now you've freed up your seat to follow your horse okay your seat is now able to move and you get less of this 1980s dance moves and more of the actual real movement that needs to come that lovely suppleness that lovely flowing energy okay that needs to come in the canter so another way of thinking of this is if you could imagine there was a clothes hanger just a clothes hanger Random, normal, clothes hanger, okay? It can be a fancy one, it can be a wire one, it can be a wooden one. It doesn't make any difference, a clothes hanger. And I want you to imagine there's a garment on the clothes hanger, okay? And when the wind blows, the garment moves, but the clothes hanger kind of keeps the whole show in place. It's not going to get blown away, but the garment is moving with the wind. Well, now I want you to imagine your shoulders as being the clothes hanger. Okay. Your body is the garment and your horse is the wind. Okay. So now you've got this different picture. You can feel where you're being held up by. Okay. And it's not that you're going around now with your shoulders up to your ears, not at all. Okay. But you are kind of supporting yourself, but yet you're allowing the horse the wind to move your body the garment and you are now following okay so i want you to think of that next time you're in the saddle okay once we have really and truly begun to follow then we can begin starting to refine things and we can actually begin having a say in it okay so how do we actually put this all into practical use and how do we start doing this I'm going to suggest next time you're in the saddle, taking your feet out of the stirrups. And don't worry, you're not going to start and canter. Before you are like, oh, okay, I'm just going to turn this off right here because I cannot canter without my stirrups. I'm not asking you to do that, okay? I'm going to suggest starting with working in walk without your stirrups, okay? And I want you to begin feeling how it feels to follow your horse. And start from the point of view of when you don't carry yourself. And when you do carry yourself and start feeling those feelings, because no matter how unfit you are, you are going to be able to carry yourself in walk. Okay. Because there's not a whole lot of movement there. You're not, you're not asking. It's, you know, it's not a big ask. Okay. So you can feel how it feels to carry yourself and walk. And remember carrying yourself again, as I've explained that, um, and then feeling how your, your seat now can move with your horse. Okay. From there, work into trot and I do believe that trot I'm talking about not like uh, the slowest trot in the world going nowhere slowly and I'm talking about a good active trot that's going to actually require you to have a certain degree of suppleness through your body obviously you're in sitting trot now you've no stirrups and in order to maintain that trot okay so I feel that, that that's where I'd work to and then up to canter now we're still just following here we're not in any way trying to direct the horse at all or trying to influence the horse at all using our seat okay once you've got following and once you're you understand following and once you're pretty good with following then you can start refining then you can start thinking about okay how can I begin to ask questions using my seat okay and Where I would start there is the half halt, okay? And again, you can start this in walk and in trot and then building up to canter, okay? So start with your half halt. And what's really important about the half halt, I mentioned at the very beginning how you have following and then you have allowing, okay? So I said there's following and there's allowing. What's important about the half halt is that when you ask your horse with the half halt, so when you use the half halt to ask a question, it is really important that you give the horse space to respond, space and time to respond. And that is the allowing, okay? So I want you then to start putting this into play when it comes to your seat in the canter. You can ask a question, but you then have to let the horse respond. Remember, you're not cantering. You're just the passenger, okay? And you're on top of the horse. And yes, the two of you are together, and yes, you're moving together, and yes, you're directing the situation, but at least that's what we hope um, that you're actually kind of if you want to call them the shots or you're you're telling your horse what you would like him to do and that he is being responsive enough and that he is being basically obliging enough to carry out. But you have to go ahead then and let him do it. You're not doing. OK, so I want you to start playing with that when it comes to your seat and to how you can then use your seat to begin positively influencing your horse. Okay. I really feel that it starts with there. So start with carrying yourself, build it up to kind of thinking about, as I said, the clothes hanger, your shoulders, you're creating the space through your body. So as your hips can actually, so basically you're not shutting down your seat because the top half of your body is collapsed down and is too heavy on it, okay? By carrying yourself, you're opening it up and you're allowing your seat to move. And only then, by following the horse and by truly learning how that feels, can you then begin to start influencing the horse. And remember, the influencing part and parcel of it is the allowing. It's asking the questions, so the influence, the ask. And then allowing the horse to respond. And initially, I, I really feel that sometimes we want to go too quickly with this and we feel that we should be further along or we feel that it should be quicker. Remember, up to this point, your horse has probably been taught to either completely ignore your seat or completely disregard it because... Well, you know, it's not great, the action that's going on there, okay? And the horse is like, I don't know, you know what you want. Um, when you kind of get a little bit clearer on what you want, or at least how you're going to ask me for what it is you want, then come back to me. Yes. Now you're coming back to him. Now you're becoming clearer on these things and you're coming back. And remember, it's going to take time for your horse to... A, understand that you actually are clear on what you want now and B, to actually start listening for your seat okay it's not an overnight thing this is going to take time and it's also going to require you to be consistent in how you're doing this what I would also suggest with this and just one last tip on this I feel that very often riders tend to and this come back comes back to your physical fitness riders tend to forget how supple and fit they need to be in order to effectively ride the canter, okay and they will keep hammering on it they'll keep going keep going over and over and over again and the rider is tired physically tired is sometimes exhausted you're not going to be your best when you are exhausted and tired okay so i would suggest kind of trying to rather put this in through your ride don't keep just hammering on this put it kind of sprinkle it through your ride and when you get to the point where you feel like gosh I feel really tired now or gosh you know I'm having to really hold myself here that's it that is you should have given up before you get to that point but if, if you kind of are getting at that point that's where I would say leave it and come back another day don't keep hammering because when you keep hammering at that that is where you're going to start digging forcing pushing shoving whatever all those inging words okay you're going to start doing that again and that's what we're going to move away from if you're interested in finding out how you can maybe improve your fitness a little bit more I'm going to suggest you pop over and check out the equestrian fitness challenge you can find it it's absolutely free at equestrianfitnesschallenge.com have a great week keep well and I'll chat to you soon be good bye